Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Ireland's Aviation Podcast. Kinsale's inaugural aviation festival, established to promote Ireland's rich and extensive aviation history, will take place on Saturday and Sunday, November 27th and 28th, 2021. The event is being organised by the Flying Poet Aviation Café and Bookshop in Kinsale and is supported by the Irish Historic Flight Foundation, Good Body Stockbrokers and Avalon. Well, during the week, I spoke to one of the organisers, Joe Gill. Joe, thank you for joining us on Squawk 7000, a really interesting event taking place in November in Kinsale. Tell us more. So this is an initiative that was started with Paolo, uh, who I think you've interviewed before in the uh, the Flying Port Cafe and Bookshop. He and I had a conversation about how we could promote something that would discuss and uh, advocate, if you'd like, on behalf of the history of aviation in Ireland and its role in the development of commercial aviation particularly. And we think, I think a number of other people agree that there's a kind of a rich history of initiative and technological advances over the last hundred years in which Ireland has been heavily involved. And out of that, we thought it would be a good idea to organize a gathering of people who are interested in that subject. And we came up with the idea of an aviation festival, which sounds probably a bit more grandiose than what it actually is. The intention is to have a kind of a two-hour session on November 27th on a Saturday afternoon in Kinsale in the Yacht Club, where we will have a number of presentations on the history of aviation in Ireland and what's going on in aviation today and looking into the future. And then the delegates will disperse to a number of bars and restaurants in Kinsale, which, as you know, is the culinary capital of Ireland, have a social evening there. And the following day, there's going to be a get-together in uh, Paolo's uh, cafe for anybody who can turn up. There's a number of aviation-themed books, um, models, memorabilia, and so on available uh, at that venue on the day. So it's literally a 24-hour event. We launched it earlier this week. Uh, We've had a very strong response to it so far. We can kind of handle about 100 delegates in the Kinsale Yacht Club for the event, and we already have about 50 tickets sold. So it's going quite well. I think if it allows people to share their views and have debates about the role that Ireland has played in the aviation industry and then looking forward what type of a role it could play in the future, they would be very good outcomes. So it'll come down to the type of people who attend and contribute to it. Got a number of elements in the in, in the festival that hopefully will stimulate some of that debate. Uh, so there's going to be a presentation explaining how Ireland has played a key role in the history of uh, commercial aviation going right back to 1919 and onwards in a number of breakthrough flights, political uh, decisions, the development of the aircraft leasing industry in Ireland and so forth. But also 
looking forward. So, for example, one of the kind of mega themes in aviation at the moment is the whole area of electric vertical takeoff and landing air taxis. There's a huge amount of capital being deployed behind that. It's uh, playing into the whole theme of sustainable aviation. And the third largest aircraft leasing company in the world, Avalon, is sponsoring this festival and they have ordered 500 of these air taxis and the project leader of that is going to attend the festival and explain to the delegates what that's all about because it sounds a little bit like science fiction but actually it's probably far more proximate than we uh, envisage and and we have a couple of other content items in the festival that we'll be revealing over the coming weeks that should make it even more interesting. You were writing recently in the Sunday Business Post about uh, the recovery of Irish aviation. Are you optimistic? I'm, I'm optimistic about the industry recovering and I think there's still a few dice rolling around as to whether Ireland is going to fully participate in that recovery and the success or not of that will depend on, I think, the way that the Irish government and civil service engages with the industry to help us recover. We have a unique reliance on air transport to connect our economy to the world, whether it's the diaspora, foreign direct investment, or indigenous companies marketing their products and services abroad. We don't have the luxury of rail systems or road systems that landlocked countries and large countries have. We have to use air travel. And in the COVID crisis, air travel was kind of put on the back burner in in a very serious way. It collapsed around the world, but in Ireland it collapsed in a particular way. And we saw that the two major carriers, Aer Lingus and Ryanair, took an enormous amount of capacity out of the country. And it's going to be slow to rehabilitate that because countries around the world all recognise the role of air transport. And what they're doing is asking airports in those countries to compete for traffic. So they're putting in front of airlines a whole range of incentives and, and supports to try and get them to go there first in the recovery And if Ireland isn't willing to get involved in that highly competitive environment, then we may lose that recovery in traffic. So if you look at the two big airlines, Aer Lingus is uniquely exposed to travel in and out of Ireland. It doesn't have any other endpoints for its flights, really. And it's entirely dependent on Irish airports, the Irish government being able to drive a recovery. Then that's compounded by the fact that the Atlantic has been much slower to open up than the short-term markets in Europe. Ryanair is different in that it's pan-European. It's able to deploy aircraft quickly to a myriad of bases. It's already been doing that. There is some chink of light in that they made a big announcement in Cork last week, opening up a whole series of new routes. That's because uh, Cork Airport was able to extend its subsidy program from June 2022 to October 2022. So it captures the key summer trading season. And as a result, Ryanair is reopening its base in full in Cork. I think they're very keen to do the same in Dublin, but uh, so far Dublin Airport hasn't been able to offer that subsidy package beyond June 22. And then Aer Lingus is slowly rebuilding its network. And, you know, if, if you took away COVID, you would say that Aer Lingus would be planning a major expansion out of Ireland because the second runway at Dublin Airport, as you probably know, is now built. It isn't opened and won't be for at least another year because of various regulatory and planning situations. But Aer Lingus were planning pre-COVID to use their A321LRs to open up a whole bunch of relatively thin routes in, in, in North America that could take a narrow-body aircraft like that, whereas the A330s uh, struggle to, to, to um, fill some of those markets. It's interesting, Joe, we're talking about, you know, the Kinsale Aviation Festival and aviation generates a great deal of passion and emotions for people. People love aviation. But I'm also thinking about what's happened over the last uh, 19, 20 months or so. The, the business world has been able to strip the emotions out of it and have been quite strategic in what they're doing. 
Absolutely. Uh, and they've had to do that in order to protect their own businesses, right? So, I mean, there's a couple of things swirling around aviation uh, related to COVID and not related to COVID that are posing challenges for, for commercial uh, airlines. One of them is that COVID has shown corporates around the world and including in Ireland, and we've seen this in our business, that senior executives can operate using the Zoom and team platforms to communicate with their people and with their customers incredibly efficiently. Um, now, there's a view that they can only do that for a certain period of time, but I suspect that as the Zoom and team technology itself evolves, it's going to become even more easy for senior executives to communicate with each other, with their people, with their customers, with their suppliers. So that kind of um, degrades a little bit the advantages of flying around the world to meet your people or meet your customers or meet your suppliers. And then the second thing that's coming uh, down the track very quickly is the sustainability debate is now front and centre in every corporate boardroom. So even in our company, we have our management team debating whether really uh, it, it makes sense to fly to London just for a day's business. Why are you doing that? Why are you going to the West Coast of America just for two days? If you want to go for a week, fine. If you want to go for a number of days in London, fine. But are we really doing a lot in terms of the sustainability debate um, uh, by doing that much travel? So those two features, if you like, on, on top of that, there's huge cost efficiency after being achieved by using Teams and Zoom rather than actually physically traveling around. So for airlines, the business cabin is, is, is a big challenge in terms of bringing it back up. And they're going to have to be very innovative. And they're certainly going to have to accelerate their transition to all new aircraft where they can prove factually that their emissions are much, much reduced. And I would argue strongly that the entire industry, including Boeing and Airbus, are far less ambitious than they need to be about getting to zero emission flying much faster than they're talking about at the moment. Like if you listen to some of the narrative, it's all about 2050 uh, is when they're going to hit it. And yet, if you go back to, say, 1960, the Americans decided to go to the moon. They went there in 10 years. They had computer power that was less than what a teenager would have in his or her mobile phone today. If you go back to the 40s, you you may remember a guy called Juan Treep was the chief executive of Pan American for decades. And that was the world's largest airlines. He actively hustled the manufacturers to introduce jet aircraft that could carry people at 35,000 feet across uh, oceans. And... That was at a time when they were operating propeller aircraft that really couldn't cross the Atlantic, right? So in 10 years, they went from propellers to intercontinental jet traffic at 35,000 feet at 500 miles an hour. So I'm arguing that the industry today should be told we need to have zero emission flight within 10 to 15 years. And if you don't give it to us, we're going to either like whip you with kind of taxes that will punish you or we'll incentivize you to advance your R&D. But we need to get this solved because if you can solve the emission issue for transport, you can then bring back the whole reason why air travel makes sense, right? And, and air travel is a proven um, economic uh, enabler. So if you look at the developing world, for example, particularly large parts of Asia, uh, it, it's defined geographically by a whole load of islands rather than big land masses. And rail and road will just take forever to sort the transport for those economies, whereas air travel does it instantly, right? So if you look at places like Indonesia and, and further afield, you'll find that air travel with modern airliners can open those economies up and bring incomes up in a major way. And that's been proven around the world for decades. So we need to get back to advocating why air transport is a hugely positive thing for the global economy. Whereas right now, you keep hearing, oh, air, air transport's a problem for the economy because it's damaging the climate. And, and that's just, I think, a, a false narrative in my mind. We'll be back with more after this short break. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What about uh, we hear stories of potential labour shortage as well in aviation, and yet at the same time we have a, a lot of pilots who've been furloughed? Yeah, I, I, I just don't buy the idea that there's labour shortages in, in the airline industry right now. There's a lot of airlines that if they haven't collapsed, they've contracted in a major way and they're not going back to where they were for a long, long time, quite a few of them. A number of airlines came into the COVID crisis financially impaired. They had poor uh, balance sheets. They were already losing money. COVID has absolutely hammered them. There are a number of governments around the world that are putting capital into their state airlines to keep them going, and that's understandable. But if you then look at each of those airlines and say, well, what scale have you now compared to, say, 2019? They're probably at 50% or less in terms of scale. They are planning to grow into 22 and 23, but in aggregate, I don't think they're going back up to 100% until well into sort of 24, 25 at the earliest. So if you think about that then in terms of pilots and cabin crew and service staff and the rest of it there's a lot of people out there who i think are looking for jobs and the experience of some of the growth airlines such as Wizzair, ryanair is that there's a heavy flow of of cvs and applications coming in for the jobs they're advertising currently joe on another topic altogether you're also involved with the historic flight what was your original interest in aviation when did it cross your radar Probably when I was around 13. So I grew up in Cork in a suburb called Bishopstown and my uh, house is on about five miles on the yeah, central line of yeah. runway 17. Yeah. Um, so I developed a kind of a real interest in it that time as part of an aviation enthusiast club in Cork. My first foreign holiday was to go to London Heathrow Airport for a week. <laughs> and I went to the airport for a week. So I stayed in a local bed and breakfast went up to the Queen Elizabeth building roof every morning for eight hours, logged as many aircraft as I could, and then went to the Greenham Common Air Show uh, on the Saturday and Sunday before I flew back home. So that was my idea of a dream holiday back then. I would have liked to uh, have been a pilot, but at the time, uh, eyesight didn't work for 
the Aer Lingus cadet programs. I couldn't go down that route. So I went off and went into business and worked in the food industry and ended up in, in, in kind of investment banking after that for a period of time. But about 2002, I got an opportunity to, to manage a, a research team with my current employer, GoodBuddy. And at the time, they had nobody covering the low-cost airlines in Europe on the research side. So I said, I'd like to take that on. So I did then. And as a result of that, I just got more and more involved in, in airlines and aircraft leasing companies. So we would have been uh, managing the, the stock market flotation of Aer Lingus in 2006. And then I would have worked with Ryanair for a year. And then I was involved in advising IAG on the purchase of Aer Lingus back in 2015. I've been working with the aircraft leasing companies and we helped set up an aircraft leasing company called Airborne Capital about three years ago. So through business, I found my way back into something I really uh, I really have a lot of time for. And the, the Historic Flight Foundation, so Mick Hickey is the chairman of that. It was set up about, must be 10 years ago now, and heavily supported by the Irish Aviation Authority and Eamon Brennan in the IEA was a huge uh, supporter for us. But we assembled a fleet of aircraft that are flying, they're chipmunks and... Um, there's a Boeing Stearman in it, and we've just got a uh, Cessna 172 from the Irish Air Corps. So that's the kind of fleet, if you like. And then we were looking for a home for the foundation. We've, we haven't achieved that yet. It's hard to do these things. Like There's very little money around for it. But back around 2018 or 17, myself and Mick were aware that um, an aviation uh, enthusiast in Switzerland had assembled a huge cache of memorabilia related to Irish aviation history we discovered that he was putting it up for sale. So myself and Mick flew out to Zurich one Friday night and we met him for dinner and the following day we spent the day in his house where his entire top floor was full of this memorabilia. And we worked our way through it and we bought a significant amount of it and we brought it back to Dublin and it's in it's in uh, it's been stored in the headquarters of the Irish Aviation Authority at the moment. But in that we have unique uh, memorabilia related to the um, the 1919 Vickers Vimy flight, the Alcock and Brown flight. So we have part of the wing. We have signed letters. We have unique photographs. We have maps that were uh, used by the pilots on the Bremen flight in 1928. Uh, we have Amelia Earhart from 1932 when she came into Derry. We have a lot of stuff to do with Foynes, uh, the flying boat um, base when it was there in the 1930s. And so on and so forth. We have a huge trove of Aer Lingus memorabilia going right back to its beginnings. So all of that is a, in an archive that um, we're looking to find a permanent home for. Um, and I know recently one of our board members, Hugh Flynn, uh, has agreed with Foynes uh, Museum to showcase some of it there. Uh, we're going to showcase some of the items at the festival in Kinsale as well. And we're planning to do a photographic archive of the whole lot and put it on the website of the Irish Historic Flight Foundation sometime over the next number of months. So longer term, we're, we're, we're not, we're kind of a charity as a structure. So we're in a non-profit organization. We need funding, particularly if the fleet's going to get back up in the air in the summer of 22. We've been very well supported by the likes of Boeing and uh, some of the aviation companies in Ireland, but it's an ongoing challenge for us to to keep the funding going. So uh, our chairman is going to speak at the festival about what the IHFF is all about and how it plans to, to develop into the future. We look forward to visiting you and indeed finding out more about that. Final question. Do you still look up if a, an unusual aeroplane flies overhead? 
Oh, I do a lot more than that. I, I have uh, I have the app. Um, I, I, I live uh, near Cork at the weekends and I, I my, my wife is sick in the face from me <laughs> identifying what's flying overhead at 35,000 feet in the middle of the morning between North America and the Middle East in particular, you know. So, um, yeah, I've got a... And I, I have an unhealthy obsession with aviation, I'd say, Michael. Mm, well, it's it's done you well so far. I suppose the other thing, <laughs> of course, with any aviation enthusiast is they normally have a bucket list of, of aircraft that they'd either like to, to fly in or certainly see. I, I'm guessing you might have one or two still on the list. I mean, I, I didn't get to fly Concorde, which is something I regret. Mm. You know, it would have cost me a bloody fortune, but I'd like to have done it. Um, I've been on a Boeing German. That was really good. Um not particularly. Um, I I suppose one of the highlights was before nine eleven, I got into the cockpit of um, an Aer Lingus A three thirty out of New York, which was a, a real thrill. Um, and uh, we came across that night in a fairly turbulent, a turbulent environment. And it was interesting being in the cockpit was like being in the cockpit of um, a rally car. Right, so you felt in complete control of the turbulence, whereas when you're in the cabin, you're completely, I find, disorientated anyway. It's just a totally different perspective. But I'm interested in, in 747s. The A380 is probably the one I haven't been in that I want to get into, yeah. Well, Joe, thank you for joining us on Squawk 7000. The event is happening Saturday, November 27th. You can find more information on flyinginireland.com. And we look forward to finding out what happens on that particular weekend. Joe, thank you. That'd be great. To get the news first, subscribe now to Squawk 7000 on your favourite podcast platform.